everyone. Welcome to the Eagle's Voice. I'm your host, G, and this is G's Reads. Today, I'll be discussing my top five standalone books of 2020 thus far. This list does not include any books I've read that are part of a series because those are a bit difficult to talk about without giving out spoilers, and these books aren't in any specific order. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Right off the bat, I'll tell you that all these books that I will be talking about are all of the young adult genre, which basically means that they are intended for more of a teenage audience, but that doesn't mean that they don't also appeal to adults. Lots of adults actually read young adult books because they can be more relatable in some cases, and most of the time they do have that feel-good feeling to them, and they lack the kind of seriousness that adult books have. So... The first book that I will be discussing that made it to my top five list is Letters to the Lost by Bridget Kemener. This book follows the story of Julia and Declan as they both deal with hardships going on in their own lives whilst also finding comfort in anonymously communicating with one another. Julia is dealing with her mother's recent death. Every few days she visits her mother's grave and leaves a letter intended for her. It was meant to be kind of a reminiscent of what they had together since her mom worked as a war photographer and they wrote letters to one another. One day, Declan, a boy who is doing court-ordered community service, finds, reads, and replies to one of Julia's letters that was meant to be addressed to her mother. And from then on, they communicate with each other through these letters, never knowing who each other is. They talk about what they've gone through and what's going on in each of their lives. Through these letters, they are able to find comfort that the real world isn't providing for them. As soon as I started this book, I knew it was going to make it to my top five list. Sometimes you can kind of just tell from the first few pages that it's going to be like a really good book, and that was what happened with this one. It helped too that I am such a sucker for anonymous, anonymous pen pals tropes. I love how the author wrote in dual perspectives so that the readers would know what Julia and Declan were thinking and how they felt throughout the book. One thing that really drew me in was Declan's past and how he ended up where he was doing court-ordered community service. I love when authors write a character that's more than one-dimensional. Declan wasn't just some bad kid who kept getting into trouble. He was more than that. He had a complicated past along with a complicated home life. And I love seeing Julia develop as a character after her mother's death, how she slowly picked up the pieces of her life and tried to put them back together. And their dynamic together was phenomenal. This wasn't my first Bridget Kemener book. She also wrote the Curse Breaker series, which I absolutely loved. So I wasn't surprised that I ended up loving this book as much as I did. The next book on my list is Starry Eyes by Jen Bennett. This is also a young adult contemporary book. This book follows the story of two ex-friends and lovers, Zori and Lennon. The book opens with them not being friends, more like enemies, even though they used to be best friends. They end up getting trapped in the woods together after a camping trip with friends goes wrong. As they are making their way through the woods and to safety, we find out what events led up to causing their break in their relationship and get to see them try to mend what broke. The concept of this book is what really caught my attention. The whole idea of two people trying to survive the wilderness of California on their own seemed really interesting. I've also read another book by Jen Bennett called Alex Approximately, which I liked as well. 
Zori and Lennon had a great dynamic throughout the book. Their banter was refreshing, and the humor was enough to keep me smiling throughout the whole book. I also liked how even during the times when they were considered ex-friends, they still had all these little inside jokes and memories that added to the chemistry in the books. Lennon easily became one of my favorite fictional characters. When he is first introduced, he seems like the kind of odd character and like somebody who wouldn't be an outdoorsy type. But once you find out what he's capable of when it comes to surviving in a wilderness, it totally takes you by surprise. I also liked how the author gave her characters an interesting hobby. Zori is big into astronomy, and it does play a significant role in the book. Most of the time when reading, a lot of the characters have this basic kind of hobby that everybody has read about before, like reading or sports. I'm not saying that these are bad hobbies. I actually like reading about a character who likes reading because I can personally relate to them. But Zori's hobby was new and it was a different take on a character. And this book was also the perfect summer read since it takes place during the summertime. I could read it at night while listening to all the nighttime bug noises outside my window and I felt like I was out in the woods with them. It was a very fun and peaceful read. The third book on my list is Only Mostly Devastated by Sophie Gonzalez. This book is basically a male-male romance retelling of the movie Grease. Now I'll be honest, I've never seen Grease before. Gasp, a drama kid who's never seen Grease before? I know, shame on me. But if the movie is anything like this book, I better watch it soon. This book follows Ollie as he visits his aunt for the summer in a different town and ends, and ends up meeting this boy named Will. And the two of them have a summer fling. Then before school starts and after they say their goodbyes, Ollie is informed that his family will be moving next to his aunt in order to help her with her illness. At school, Will pretends to not really know Ollie because Will isn't out at all yet, but over the course of the book we get to follow Ollie as he, as he deals with his love life and he tries to re rekindle Will and him had over the summer, whilst also dealing with his emotional family life. This was one of my favorite books ever. I loved how Will's family played a huge role in the book. It added a whole different dimension to the story. I also liked the characters' relationships with one another. You can tell that they were well thought out. Like the relationship that Will had with his two cousins was so sweet. It's like he took on this big brother-like role. And I just, I love seeing characters that care about their family and that don't really have aggression or hate towards them. Cause that's something that you do see a lot in young adult books. But this was nice to read about. I also really enjoyed the little flashbacks we got once in a while to the summer when they were together. The readers were able to see how the relationship was established rather than just being told that it happened without any detail. And speaking of relationships, I loved how there were some side relationships that got attention in the story, and it wasn't just these two characters falling and being in love. I've never read a book by Sophie Gonzalez, but her writing style was very easy for me to follow. I feel like when it comes to reading, most people forget to actually pay attention to how the book is written rather than just what the book is about. This would make for a great summer read also. It was super quick, only 278 pages, which is pretty short, and it was very light and fluffy. It's the kind of book where you just smile to yourself the whole time because of how cute and awkward the characters are. The next book on my list is a little different from the other three we talked about so far and the one coming up after this one. The other four books in this list are all considered contemporary books, meaning books that contain stories that could happen to real people in real life. The next book on my list is Sorcerer of Thorns by Margaret Rogerson, and it is a standalone fantasy book. 
It follows a girl named Elizabeth who's been raised in one of the great libraries since she was a child. These great libraries store magical grimoires, which are like magical books, that contain spells and whispers among the shelves. And if damaged, they can turn into horrible monsters. Elizabeth hopes to one day become a warden of one of these libraries and be charged with protecting the kingdom from their mystical powers. Elizabeth was taught to never trust a sorcerer because they are all considered evil for using grimoires. But all that changes when a sabotage causes a grimoire to be released and Elizabeth is blamed for the crime. She is then taken away from her home and must face punishment in the capital city. Once in the capital, Elizabeth uncovers a conspiracy to destroy all the great libraries and together with a sorcerer named Nathaniel and his demonic servant, they must band together and try to save all the libraries and grimoires before a great evil is released, even if it means questioning everything she was taught. I must say, this was a very different fantasy book than what I am usually used to. But let me just say that fantasy is not my area of expertise. If anything, Sarah knows more about fantasy than I do. As you can probably tell, I'm more of a contemporary kind of girl. I just like the feeling of knowing that some stories can be possible, even though if they're probably not. But apart from this book being fantasy, it was also a standalone, which means that it has no sequel. And that never really happens in a fantasy genre because authors need a good portion of their first book dedicated to world building and character building. This book kind of just dropped you into the story and you have to figure out how the world works. It's not as hard as it sounds, but the info is also not given to you on a silver platter. So by establishing the world without really handing it to you, it eliminates a lot of the info dumping in the first few pages or chapters. But now let's actually talk about my opinions of this book now, shall we? This became one of my favorite fantasy books. I love the idea of the setting mainly consisting of libraries. I also loved how the author gave the grimoires personalities of their own, even though grimoires are usually inanimate objects. I also really loved the hate-to-love relationship that Elizabeth and Nathaniel had. Watching them put aside their differences and bond and fight together was so heartwarming. Also, Silas, I think that's how you pronounce it, the demo demonic servant, has like a special place in my heart. I know that sounds weird and kind of bad, but if you read the book, you'd understand. I also really liked how this book didn't do a lot of info dumping, as I mentioned before. That's what usually loses the readers, personally my, attention in the first few chapters. So since that was eliminated, my attention was more easily grabbed. The one complaint that I did have about this book was that I firmly believe there should have been a sequel. I mean, it's not really necessary, but the book sort of left off on a cliffhanger-ish kind of thing, and I want to know what happens next with these characters. Really, really bad. <laughs> the world was too good to only let it be a one-book series. But other than that, this book was phenomenal. The final book on my list, which is a contemporary, I know, surprising, right? Is Stealing Home by Becky Wallace, which is, and some of you may be able to tell by the title, a book that revolves around baseball. Did you get it? Stealing Home? Like, Stealing Home Plate? Whatever. Moving on to the actual plot of the book now. So this book is about a girl named Ryan Russell, and for as long as she could remember, all she's dreamed about doing is taking over her family's baseball team, the Buckley Beavers, and becoming one of the only female general managers in minor league baseball. Then, she is thrown a curveball. Did you see what I did there? When a new player shows up, Sawyer Campbell, and Ryan's rules against having a relationship with team members is questioned. 
But then Ryan finds out the financial state of her family's team, and she realized that in order to save her dream, she'll have to take risks in order to keep the team going. She teams up with Sawyer and uses his fame to help draw in sponsors, but the longer they work together, the closer they become. Honestly, this book took me by major surprise, and it quickly slid into a spot on my all-time favorite shelf. Did you see what I did there again? Slid, you know how they slide in baseball? Okay, I've really got to stop with the baseball jokes now. This is one of those books that I had on my shelf for like a year and didn't read it. And I actually got to the point where I never planned on reading it anymore. I didn't really like sports books, maybe because I had a bad experience with one. But either way, I'm so happy I read this. This book actually made me laugh. I'm usually like a statue when reading. I don't show emotions, but the conversations among Ryan and Sawyer truly made me laugh. They just had some great banner in their dynamic, like with Zuri and Lennon, was amazing. I also did like the idea of baseball being incorporated, and it was interesting to see how the jobs that nobody actually sees are done. I understood all the baseball lingo perfectly because I did play softball for eight years and my brother plays baseball, so that helped. But for somebody who doesn't know the sport, some things could be confusing at first, but Becky Wallace does a great job of making things clear. I also love this book because I felt like I was going through it all with the characters. When Ryan was sad, I was sad. When she was happy, I was happy. And to be honest, I never felt that way when it came to a book. But this one just spoke to me. And Sawyer was just, oh my gosh, perfect. He was so awkward yet kind and protective. He's one of the best written male characters I have ever read about. I also love the family relationships and friend relationships throughout the book. Ryan had a complicated family relationship, but watching her go through it made it all worth it in the end. And her best friend Mia was also a gem. This book definitely hit a home run for me. Okay, I'm done now, I promise. But honestly, if you've never heard of this book, you should go read it because it is so underrated, but it's so amazing. Transition. Well, that about does it for my top five books of 2020 thus far. Thank you for listening to The Eagle's Voice. I'm your host, G, and this was G's Reads. Tune in next week for Becca's podcast, Culture Talk. Have a nice weekend.